boom. We're back. Number two. <laughs> Take number two. Oh, man. I'm so glad I had these headsets on or else we would have been recording for an hour and it's just me talking to myself. You know what? That's like the internal monologue of a parent just like talking to themselves the whole day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So much I think, shit has happened. Yeah, it's been, you know, quite a time. It's been a busy time of year. Yeah, for for yourself, right? Yeah, for me and for everyone, right? Because I think last time we recorded, it was September. September is like, like your kids are in, I guess, pre- your kid is in preschool. Yeah. Um, it's a whole return to school for everyone, return to work for some people. Yeah. And then you have the holidays, like the Thanksgiving holiday in October. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was a lot of, um, uh, so I had a, my first like vacation of the year. Yeah. So I went, went cottaging with some friends uh, at the end of September, uh, which was nice. Nice to get away. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's as much travel as we can really get. Yeah. Well, well, unless you want to fly out, though. Yeah, I don't want to fly. Yeah. Like, I just, well, I just, I don't think we're at that point yet. Well, where, where, where would you want to go, right? Because at the end of the day, you're going out, if you have to stay in Canada, you're going to go West Coast? Yeah. Like you know what? Calgary? I've talked extensively about West Coast people mm-hmm. and their cuntiness, except for Raybert. Raybert's. <laughs> but he's OG from like... Yeah, Raybert pretty Toronto cool. Or yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, Keeping it fresh out there. Yeah, that's pretty much what we did too. We did the cottage thing. It's nice. I think in Ontario, there's actually a lot more stuff to see. Yeah. It's underrated, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I myself and a couple of the boys get into golf this yeah. summer and i know we've been trying to like get you to get involved it, it might be smart financially for you to not get involved i've already told you golf is stupid <laughs> i don't really mean it like you guys get really offended when i say it like well there, there's some people that that that's their sport man that that's yeah. their prime sport that's not my prime sport well i guess transitioning towards it but yeah i mean it's, it's good for you guys to get that like i understand i just don't see myself doing it like you guys are out there you guys are all fathers yeah um, most of you guys are all fathers, right? So. You know what? It's it's more so like for myself going out there checking out new courses in Ontario. Mm-hmm. It brings you to different different spots, and I didn't think I would ever see wild turkey in yeah. Ontario. Well, seen wild turkey, yeah. Saw like deer and a doe just hanging out in our yeah. backyard, literally your backyard, yeah, on a golf course. Those wild turkeys are kind of freaky, like those turkey grouse kind of things, yeah. Because we were walking near um, the cottage area up in uh, Halliburton, and like we hear the sound on our hiking trail, yeah, like in the bush, like what the, what was that thing growling at us? <laughs> like we got really scared, but it was like some grouse. Dude, these turkey, yeah. these wild turkeys can fly, so that shit's like they're huge, right? Yeah, and they're just like flying in and they glide so you know gracefully and they land, yeah. but they look ugly as hell. They look like um, a shaved ball sack. Okay. <laughs> That's the, that's the best kind of ball sack um, um but yeah i mean that's probably one of the best part of golfing because i'm not good at golf mm-hmm. it's just more so like going out there to walk you'll walk typically maybe depending on how, yeah. how many holes you got i know you don't care but it's like roughly five to ten kilometers i'm not gonna say i don't care but i'm gonna be devil's advocate here and there's no right answer to this yep. that golf course could be a, tr- a hiking trail and a forest or a meadow yeah. instead of a golf course. That's well, that's that's my perspective. Both, I agree with both you. observe nature as nature was intended to be. But at the same time, with the way our housing market's going, mm-hmm. that shit would have been turned over into a bunch of townhouses. Yeah. Luxury <laughs> condos. 
by the by the creekside. How can a condo be luxurious? That's the thing. It's called a penthouse. Well, I mean, there's certain things that are luxurious: the lobby and the penthouse. Yeah, just not your. It's <laughs> just not, not your unit. That's not, it. <laughs> not your shoe. Not your shoebox. Yeah. So, I know that's what I've been doing. You've been hitting up that bike, the bike life. Yeah. I think you're the only one with, left with the bike at this point. Cause I actually just sold my bike. Yeah, it's sad. We all, I mean, we we never did many rides together. When yeah. You think about it. I yeah, that's true. I've probably done more with Wilson and Eric. Yeah. Just because, like, I live right right by here, like, yeah. I'm flying, and it's mm-hmm. so easy, especially with that shoulder that they built in. Yeah. I know when you were young at Shepherd, it's hard, right? If we're riding yeah. at seven, there's no way you're coming down. No. Coming out here. I was lazy back then. Yeah. I'm still actually pretty lazy right now. I think it's more so, like, I've gotten more afraid mm-hmm. as I got older, especially the last couple of months. A yeah. lot of people, well, granted, a lot more people are out there riding their bikes just because that's one of the only things you can do, right? So there's a lot more accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just don't understand. Like, cars are getting so angry at these bikers. I'm like, dude, yeah. on, honestly, you can just, you know, gas and then pass them. They're not holding yeah. up shit. You just have to wait until the other side clears up. Honestly, one of the things, and, you know, before this, we were talking, oh, what the hell are we going to talk about? Struggling to find topics to talk about. You know, we never find, we never struggle to find topics to talk about on this podcast. Don't let anyone ever tell you <laughs> we don't have things to talk about. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm noticing too, and this is, again, another one of our classic tangents. I miss these. Why are drivers so angry out there? I don't understand. Like, when I was younger... Sure, I'm getting impatient. I was like a new driver. Yeah. You're young, right? You have kind of less to lose or whatever. So you're out there just being angry, honking your horn, like driving up, revving up fast behind someone. Like you don't realize you're driving a weapon out there. Like yeah. A giant weapon. I see people getting so like impatient and angry out there. I'm just like, what's the point of all that? I honestly don't get it. Just wait. Yeah. Or take another route. If you need to turn... You know, in two kilometers, maybe turn early to mm-hmm. get out of like the way of whatever's bothering you. Yeah, I'm guilty of getting angry myself. I know I try try to kind of stay more calm, mm-hmm. um, but most of the time the anger is with like other drivers. I, I would never get angry with like a biker yeah. or like with a pedestrian crossing the road. Yeah, like come on, these people are walking or like a pedestrian has to go to public transit. I'm chilling here yeah. in my private transportation really waiting for them for 30 seconds not going to change my life but more so like asshole drivers that put me at risk Mm -hmm. i've i don't know why but i've seen a lot more people floating into into lanes nowadays yeah or like i can already tell i know sarah hates the fact that i'm always kind of like super uh not aggressive uh was a path not passive but was it defensive defensive like i already think ahead of time yeah you have to i'm like you know what I know I might look like an idiot, but I'm going to assume this person f- coming flying out down the lane, mm-hmm. he wants to make a right turn. I don't know if he's stopping or mm-hmm. if he thinks he can cut it. I'm going to like slow down a little and then see, make sure that he knows I'm here. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's drivers like that, right? They're just like ride in the lane or ride in the line. And I'm like, dude, just, and I, I'm an asshole. I cut right in front. There's no way of me telling them like, hey, dude, you're riding my side mm-hmm. unless I find a perfect timing. I overtake them, then I write the line back at them and let them know, mm-hmm. dude, you're on my side. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if people are just more distracted these days or like, again, my theory has been people taking like these 
these uppers and downers during the day, like these anti-depression yeah. pills. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going on with people, but again, back to the whole riding thing, I too feel unsafe. I mean, you kind of can't be out there feeling so safe. Yeah. Right. So I only want to ride early in the morning. Um, I won't ride on a road like 14th Avenue. Which oh is yeah. Super yeah, yeah. narrow. Like, yeah, it's super tight. The fact that there's like all these manhole covers. Yeah. I don't recall if it's Markham that has the one where it's just a, a line versus like I think yeah. in Toronto it's more of holes, dotted holes. So yeah. with with a rope bike, you can't go into like those manhole covers or you're going over your bike and yeah. you're clipped in, you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you do have to kind of float into the side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people complain about it. They're always complaining and be like, oh, bikers taking up the lane, taking up all this shit. I'm like, dude. I'm really just holding yeah. you up for all of like five seconds. Yeah, it really doesn't happen. Like it's just something people make up. But you know, the longest ride that I did this year was a 75k yeah. two weeks ago. Uh, bitter cold. It was just in- insanely cold. Yeah. Um, couldn't feel my hands, but you know, it was the good last ride to end the riding year. Yeah. Um, basically, <clears throat> riding across Baroque, right up, like way up Warden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think I, I, we rode up to like Mount Albert, like past Mount Albert or whatever. I don't even know where that is. Is that past like Bl- uh, Bloomington? No, that's past like Stouffville is like right here. So like way past Musselman Lake area. Okay. Like okay. way north of that. You're almost um, like touching Uxbridge area. Yeah. And I don't even know really <clears throat> where that is in Ontario. Yeah. Like where that is geo uh, geolocationally. But yeah, solid 75K ride to end to end it off. Yeah. That's that's good. You're putting in the kilometers. <laughs> I always kind of think, yeah, like I mentioned, I just sold my bike mm-hmm. just because, like, the past three years, I haven't gotten a chance to do do those type of rides, right? Like yeah. a long ride with a kid. It's it's like, like you said, you have to wake up at seven in the morning, yeah. and a seventy-five kilometer ride's probably roughly like two and a half hours, I guess. No, that's longer than that. I don't, I don't know what kind of speeds you're making. No, I'm but probably I'm not like making those 20. kind of speeds. Okay, true. If I'm riding like average like twenty kilometers an hour, yeah. Um, let me see how long it took us. And, like, I have no shame in saying I, I did walk one of the hills. It was crazy. Like Some of the hills, you approach them, and it's like looking at a wall. Have you ever gotten <sighs> overtaken by these, like, way older riders? That's kind of, if they weren't on a bike, even on a bike, Yeah, you know, I kind of judged them and not judged them, but I pretty much just, like, you know, scout them out in my mind. I'm like, there's no way these guys are going to climb this hill so quick. But they always leave me in the dust. There was there was people there that I underestimated, and you know we felt like we were one of the last group of riders that arrived at the end of the race, <laughs> at the end of the ride. I oh, you that, were riding in a group ride. It was kind of a large group ride. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. maybe a hundred people. Oh shit. Or okay. maybe over a hundred, but split into groups of twenty-five k, fifty k, and seventy-five k. Oh, okay. So we don't know really who did which ride because the rides ended at different times. Is at, it those at, Markham cycling days? It was. Um, some reunion for the ride to conquer cancer. Okay. And they were trying to get people to sign up or whatever at the end for like the, the, the 2022 ride. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, there's a certain point where, you know, a lady on an e-bike, like just passed me. She used to use her like e-bike. Boost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think she got, you know, maybe surprised that I wanted to pass her mm-hmm. initially. So I just went around her to the left. And she must have been thinking, like, Negro, please. And then she turned on her, like, <laughs> jets. And then just, I never saw her again. 
Um, Dude, what's the point of going for these long bike rides on an e-bike? Uh, that well, I don't understand. For hills, I guess, because some people have problems with hills. True, I guess. Like, yeah. So some of these hills, like my friend that I rode with, he walked one of the hills. Yeah. I beasted up that hill, but I paid for that because yeah. the next hill we went to, yeah, he beasted up and I walked half the hill. So he got, I got up to halfway. I'm like, I can't, I can't make this hill. Yeah, I think I do recall like Warden does have like some pretty steep ones. Once you pass um, Stouffville, yeah, yeah, those those dude, it's especially like, on Kennedy too. I think it's, it's like, like looking at a wall. Yeah, 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 like you approach it, you're like, I don't know how. Dude, yeah. my car would struggle to get up this hill. <laughs> yeah, I gotta give like credit where credit's due. Like Eric used to, you know, crush those hills mm-hmm. when I used to go ride with him. Yeah, so that's that's one thing. I think it's uh, it's a skill time and dedication there's a lot more people that are more dedicated than i i was to that mm-hmm. thing so now i'm in the market to try and get like a nice little hybrid bike to mm-hmm. go riding with my kids yeah. in the future that's a life change you know in retirement that's probably gonna cost me like buying a used car at this point yeah bikes are expensive but everything is expensive now right with you know inflation plus you have all these shipping um challenges yeah. Supply chain challenges that are happening. Well, gas is more expensive. So well, you probably are, see it goods too, are more right? expensive too. Yeah, gas is ridiculous. At one point, mm-hmm. it's touching like one, one point five. But mm-hmm. you should, you probably see a lot because you live pretty close by that railroad, right? Yeah, that's where I hear most. It. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like that, that one. I was just there today at the at the red light on Fourteenth and Markham, just watching, waiting for the light to turn green. But I can see the train. Mm-hmm. I was telling Sarah, I'm like, okay, look at like all those carts that doesn't have any containers on top of it, mm-hmm. but they're still pulling it. Yeah. So it's like maybe half. I don't know if it's half because I didn't see the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. But it was a pretty long stretch, like a two minutes of like empty transport yeah. uh, links, right, without containers on it. So like you said, it's like a shipping issue. Yeah. Supply chain issues, issues, semiconductor issues, you name it. Yeah. Like my friends, they can't even get their appliances on time. Um, you know, segueing into one of the other life changes I've had or life events. My friends live with me for 10 days. Yeah. Um, with their toddler. Um, so they were having their kitchen renovation. And the story is that they're back in their house right now. They don't have like a fridge because <laughs> their fridge is delayed. Good uh, thing that there's, uh, that's like freezing. Well, not freezing out there yet, but yeah. cold enough to leave your shit. It's approaching there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they were getting used to the luxury of having my single man, well, my single man food supply in my family size fridge. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they took a good chunk of that fridge space for their kid. So what are they doing? They're leaving their stuff at your place for now? No. They're, they they um, took everything when they when they left. Yeah. Uh, they left one bag of milk. I'm drinking it now because <laughs> uh, I don't really buy milk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, living with a toddler for 10 days was a hell of an experience. And I know speaking to you, your, your parent, you you uh, have a toddler. I guess Zach is still a toddler. Yeah. Well, what's what's the difference? How uh, old is he? Uh, oh, uh, two. Two. Okay. Two plus yeah, yeah. two two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're in the nonsensical way, but you can't really be mad at. Them. Yeah, there's just yeah different. It's that different levels. Yeah. You know, not really talking, kind of talking, but in in their own world, kind of too. Yeah. Um, and were they in the daycare or like was he in daycare? Daycare. Yes. Okay. So he was in daycare. Most, so at least most you didn't have him running around. Not during the day. Um, but you know, s- sleeping in a room beside a toddler is interesting. It's like <laughs> random crying. Um, 
I was mentioning to Sarah earlier, like he's kicking the wall. Yeah. Like at, at a certain point, uh, the father has, takes him out of the crib and now they're in the bed. And I hear like f- a foot on my wall, yeah. dragging down the wall. <laughs> and I hear banging against the wall. I'm like, what is going on? Like I said, you paid a good penny to, to leave that life. But now yeah. <laughs> you brought that life back. I mean, part of it is like, you know, I, I like friends staying with me, right? It was great to have company for that whole time. I just had kind of had those sacrifices, right? Yeah. Like, okay, they're sleeping in the guest room beside me. I know the kid's going to cry at times. The mm-hmm. kid's going to be loud. I have to account for it. I don't really want to sleep with earplugs either. Yeah. Because it's not comfortable. Yeah. So I had to deal with it. But for the most part, it was a nice experience. Yeah. Like, other than getting used to, you know, eating super early. Oh, so I guess you guys had meals together and everything? For the most part. I mean, a lot of it was me as well. And I think I was telling you earlier. I don't want to intrude on, like, their family time, too. Like, I know they're staying with me. There's going to be times where we can be together, and it's fun. Yeah. other times, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make myself scarce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been a busy month. I've had stuff to do, so I haven't had to just sit around all day. Yeah. I just gave them their space as a family. Right? I don't want to be that. basement anyways. Your man cave. Well, I I mean, I don't necessarily hang out there all the time, but I gave them their space. Like, either when I'm in my office or I, when they're upstairs, I go downstairs yeah. or I figure something out. Yeah. Um, so how was it? Can you imagine this this life with a kid running around? I mean, if it's my kid, it's different, right? Um, it's, it's hard to even imagine because every sacrifice is made for that kid, right? Yeah, pretty it's, much everything you do. Right, and the kid shows no gratitude really for it. It's just this is how things are expected to be. Oh, right? yeah, that's, that's from the kid's perspective. Like, serve me. Yep, that's pretty so much it. I, they're ungrateful. I want my iPad now. And I'm not even going to look up from that iPad. I'm not going to acknowledge anyone else in the room. Yeah. I'm transfixed on it. This is it. And if I don't have it, I'm going to have a meltdown. Yeah. Right? Like, Shit, so you've experienced, you've seen the meltdowns. I've seen the iPad being taken away meltdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Zach, yeah, we we tried to avoid that, but like nowadays, he he gets like some video time, especially yeah. if we're out on the road, yeah, and it's long or we need some shit done, yeah. And honestly, both of us can't look after him, yeah. Especially if COVID happened, and and then he got sent home a couple of times in daycare, and we're both working, yeah. Or now we we have like our our young one, mm-hmm. uh, can't really focus on him all that time because mm-hmm. unless I'm like take time off work i can't really do it because this kid got sent home like six times yeah for like for covet covet reasons because he had a runny nose yeah and he dude's got like uh he, he knows what's coming <laughs> he's, he's a, uh i'll give him i'll give him the respect mm-hmm. he, he's a trooper he knows like you gotta get his nose poked and stuff he doesn't like it but once it's done it's done he moves on he'll yeah. cry about it and then and then it's over i like to hope that it will build some toughness into him and at some point when he, un- like, I'm assuming at some point you'll explain to him what what's going on and he'll be able to understand, like, dude, it'll I be hope, years down the line. Yeah, right? I hope not. I hope I don't have to get, like, to be honest, how how much do you remember as a three-year-old? I don't think my, my memory really kicked in until, like, mm. four in kindergarten. Even then, yeah. it's pretty sparse. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, you're, we're thinking in the, in the, the, you know, the right now. Yeah. Right? You're thinking, oh, you know, he's traumatized every single time he has to think about it or do it. He doesn't really understand what the purpose is. But if he understood what the purpose is, he'd be he'd be fine with it. 
Yeah, like in down the line, hopefully it doesn't drag on, you know, four or five years later yeah. and we're still doing this shit. But, you know, that's that's one thing. That's one thing I want in my kids, which is grit. Mm-hmm. Like Angela Duckworth. Yeah, I read that book mm-hmm. and I was just like, man, that's true. All, it's all about, you know, like my kid's going through skating right now. Mm-hmm. He, he might not be at the appropriate level, mm-hmm. but I've seen, I see like we're in like uh parent and taught skating class. I see other kids like that are maybe one or two that are way uh, younger than them, maybe half a year or a year. And they're already doing it them by themselves. And we all start at the same level. Right. Yeah. And then we're like three, four weeks in, but you know, Zach himself is just like, Oh, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I'm like, Man, for for me, I just want my kid to have some grit and try. Yeah. At what point do you have to accept? They're too young for it, right? That's what Sarah was telling me. Yeah. Um, you don't want to hammer it so hard that he's going to hate it, mm-hmm. right? So you have to take those moments. Like, let's use a driving metaphor. Like, you can't always have your foot on that gas the entire time, right? <laughs> yeah. You got to slow down. You got to coast at times, right? Yeah. And, you know, you got to be efficient. So I think, you know, if if he's not enjoying it at some point, you know, maybe lower the frequency. At some point, he's going to enjoy it. Once he starts to make some progress and actually does it on his own, he will start to like it more. Right now, it's a struggle because he's not succeeding. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't think we get enough, like, time, ice time. And, you know, he doesn't have ADHD or whatever, but sometimes it's just like... The lack of focus mm-hmm. again at his age he's just too busy watching some an older child older kid mm-hmm. do their thing and he's just like not focusing right yeah so i don't know for my i gotta switch mindset to pretty much like i'm just bringing him there mm-hmm. to give him the exposure whatever he can pick, pick up he can yeah. pick up at this point i can't expect him to be able to like skate by himself yeah uh, by the end of it because initially at the first lesson i was just like oh yeah there's a potential for him to be able to kind of skate by himself by the end mm-hmm. of like, you know, the three months that we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they had the pusher and stuff. And then they got him to start doing like six feet, nine feet without mm-hmm. the pusher, like walk towards the pusher kind yeah. of stuff. He was doing it. But then I think maybe I fucked up by skating, by sharpening his skate. Yeah. Which is counter uh, counterintuitive. Cause you would think by, you know, sharpening the skate, you get more, more bite to it yeah but it seems to be he seems to have lost the bite yeah. in terms of being able to stand up on kids it. don't know how to use their edges at all i think i need to give him more edges because it makes more sense because yeah. if he gets a standard edge like what we would get mm-hmm. we're heavier right so we mm-hmm. can always you know use the edge or like the edge will bite the ice mm-hmm. versus like if they get the standard one they weigh like nothing yeah so um i don't know we'll, we'll see I, i'm just hope hopefully ride it out this the rest of the the session but it, it is what it is, you know. People with their hockey, hockey dreams for their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm guilty of that every now and then. But yeah. I'm pretty realistic. This kid's probably not gonna make it, like most kids that we he'll play hockey with. Oh, that's really different from what you said at the wedding we went to. Ooh. Yeah, well, <laughs> those were uh, drunk talk. Those don't. <laughs> it Damn. Like I was, I was mentioning to Sarah. Um, Earlier, when she showed me the video of Zach, I'm like, damn, Link went out and did it, like, the next day. Because like, you were yelling at us, like, I'm going to enroll him in skating, you'll see. And then, like, the next day, he was skating. I'm like, wow. I guess that is d- determination. Well, I guess maybe that's, yeah. I enrolled him, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Well, we'll- That was a gunshot <laughs> shooting out in the background. 
How dare you mention? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it is because sometimes it, it can happen, even with biking. It took him a while. And then once he got the hang of it, then he just he takes off. Yeah. It's- well, these kids, like once they f- figure out they can do something and they have the confidence, then they can do it. Are you okay? Bang, bang. Uh, oh. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> A little bit of balloon accidents. Um, yeah, with with kids, it's just. I think hockey is really difficult sport to sustain financially. Oh yeah, well we I mean, we have friends. It, that are it's like... better if like you find out the kid doesn't like it, so you can move on to something else. <laughs> like I know it ruins your dream or whatever. Yeah, but like you don't want to sink all that money in for like ten years. I mean, there's not an expectation that someone's going to make it big. Oh, no. Right? It, I would only sink that money in if I start to understand that he likes it. If I, if I start to understand that he doesn't like it, it's, it's done. We do something else. Yo, so but what, what if he likes it, but he, he's not that good? That's like us well, playing I mean, hockey. That would be a less, <laughs> maybe less of a financial commitment because you're not going for the best of the best and you're not yeah, yeah. you know buying all the best equipment or whatever. So Yeah, I think that's, that's part of it too, right? It's just mm-hmm. a lot of people have that hockey dream mm-hmm. for their kids. I mean, we, we have, you know, one of our hockey friends. We, yeah. we see, like, their Instagram story and yeah. shit going on. That's, like, crazy, man. You just driving every day, driving all the way out to London or whatever, and then coming back and then watching your, you know, yeah. his daughter play in the league as well and doing all these tryouts. Well, his, you know, his son has aptitude for it, which is good. So they're kind of, you know, doubling down into it. Um, again, there's no expectation that they'll succeed, but he's putting them on the right track towards it. Yeah. And his, his kids seem to enjoy it. So, I mean, that can be all you can hope for as a parent. Um, but it, for you, it might, it might be something else. It yeah. might be some other sport or some other activity. Yeah. Just want him to be gritty. Who mm-hmm. knows? Like, yeah. sports itself, uh, if he can kind of get a free ride into an education... Mm-hmm. That's probably the more realistic, more attainable goal. Yeah, just to get a free ride into like an NCAA, you know, program or whatever, whatever sport it might be. It could hell, it could be figure skating. I think mm. gymnastics. But. Yeah. Well, Jeff Skinner got his start in figure skating, and now he's an NHLer, making like nine million a year. Yeah, playing in <laughs> Buffalo. Yeah, but he got that money. <laughs> That's true. Um, you know, speaking of making the NHL and you know achieving your dream and potentially not having that dream carry forward mm-hmm. um kyle beach john so Doe. the yeah. whole um chicago blackhawks sexual assault scandal yep um that really came to a head this week with the release of the lawyer's report yeah um detailing all of the transgressions that um you know came about during that 2010 season yep um so for anyone who doesn't know and this is kind of like a sports-related segment, but not really. Kind of, but not really. Um, yeah. Kyle Beach was a 11th overall draft pick of the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and before this week, it was an un- he was uh, not known to the public uh, to be this uh, John Doe. Yeah. But there's a huge sexual assault scandal involving their video coach mm-hmm. who was uh, sexually assaulting Kyle Beach. Yeah. Right, um, and the team and management knew about it. Everyone knew about it. Yeah, maybe not everyone, but yeah. certainly the GM Stan Bowman knew, the coach Joel Quenville knew, a bunch of executives knew, teammates knew as well. Mm-hmm. Right, 
um, this only got released now, and there's been a huge like fallout and aftermath from it uh, this week. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That report came out. I think it's been going on for like the past couple months. Yeah, that, that came to to light. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one knew what happened. I read the executive summary. Just pretty much a high level detail. It was enough for me to know mm-hmm. <laughs> to be like, okay, this is pretty pretty messed up to a kid he's like he was 20 years old at the time yeah so it kind of flows into this too too right because this stuff always happens or not always happens it's been it's happened a couple times already right yeah um most of the time it is in like major juniors where kids are like you know 14s you know under 18 years old yeah around that teenage years and then they have coaches or whoever it might be you know you know, sexually assaulting them. Yep. It happened to Sheldon Kennedy and Theo Fleury. Yeah. I think there was some case in, in, in Toronto as yeah. well, but, but it wasn't like management. It was mm-hmm. more so like a facility, like I think facility worker or whatever it is. Yeah. That, that did that. Um, yeah. Like the detail itself was, uh, pretty gory, not, not gory in that sense, but detailed enough. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What, what's your thought? Um, it's, I, you it's know, crazy I, enough that the Blackhawks went on to win another two two Stanley Cups in the time. Yeah, but they were laser focused on winning at the time too. Yeah, right. So this has always been kind of the elephant in the room, and it's something you don't bring up, right? Because you know, especially in hockey, where it's you know the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Right, mm-hmm. you work together as a team at all times. You don't make yourself bigger than the team. So, you know, he brought this up to management, to coaches. They squashed it pretty quickly, mm-hmm. right? They didn't. They took the the video coach Brad Aldrich. They took his maybe took not took took his side, but they didn't do anything with the whole investigation um, or the complaint. So, you know, this stuff was allowed to keep happening. Um, as a result. You know, Kyle Beach never had an NHL career. Yeah. Right? And they they buried him, you know, and I'm I'm sure it's in part to the fact that he complained. Right? This guy can cause some real trouble for us. Yeah. So we are gonna bury this guy as hard as possible. It's it's crazy because when they won in the twenty ten, mm-hmm. they allowed that guy knowingly like you know, they didn't do the investigation, which they should have done. Yeah. Um, in the back end, they could have done it themselves, right? And and figure it out. And just, like, suspend them. Mm-hmm. And, and just keep them out. Like, there's no one. I, I had no idea who the fuck this guy was. Yeah. I've never but, heard of him other than this scandal. Yeah. Right? How did he go and get a chance to lift the cup? Yeah. And get his name on the cup? And do all the stuff? Had his, had his day with the cup? Yeah. You know, it was at the parade and all that shit. And... You know, Kyle Beach was there the mm-hmm. entire time, yeah. knowing that this dude, like, you know, used the power. Pretty much used, you know, was it the power control? What do yeah. you call it? Over him. Yeah. It's it's weird like that. You know, you, you think even a video coach, a video coach has influence with the team, too. Yeah. A video coach can tell you what they're seeing on the video. Right, probably spin it to say, oh, you know, Kyle's not doing this properly or whatever. Like, yeah. a video coach can help bury you as well, right? So a video coach does have power. Yeah. Well, um, you're you're a 20 year old kid. Yeah. How much do you know? Like, if we were 20 years old 
and someone told us, I don't know, like not to that extent, but mm-hmm. you have like, imagine back in the day, I don't know if you dealt with like talent recruiters or whatever, yeah. uh, helping you look for jobs or whatever. They'll always say all the stuff like you do this, you know, we'll, we'll hook you up. We'll make sure you, you get there. Yeah. A recruiter never did shit for me, but that's another story for another time. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's that situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're so young, you don't know what it is. You just want to make sure you can get a chance at it. Yeah. Um, it's a tricky situation. Like, I understand every, a position everyone was in, and this player is a young player. But there's adults in the room, they could have done something, and they should have done something. But I'm thinking even the young leaders of the team, the Jonathan Taves, the Patrick Canes, they were 21 or 22 yeah. at the time. I can see this from both angles as well. They are young people. I think back to myself at that age... And I wonder, do I did I have the mental maturity to be able to handle this with maturity? Part of me says yes. Part of me says no. Yeah. Right. The part of me that says yes is that if any of my friends, if you or any of my friends are on the same team, like there's team bonding that goes on. There's friendship bonding that goes on. So if someone's being hurt, we take offense to it. Yeah. Right. Um, when it's someone in authority, maybe it's a little bit harder. When your career's on the line, maybe it's a little bit harder. Yeah. But if we be realistic about it, Jonathan Tay is not going to lose his career. Patrick Kane is not going to lose his career. They're already like stars at that young age, right? Yeah. Well, you're talking about these uh, influential players. You know, yes. they're leaders on a team. They're leaders on a hockey team mm-hmm. in the hockey environment. Yes. Ten years, eleven years ago, this whole culture wasn't around. It wasn't. You know, people weren't educated in that sense and being more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if the guy disappears, you assume management did what they had to do, yeah. and you don't question it anymore, right? Yeah. And, and that's pretty much it. And who knows, maybe Kyle Beach at that point thought, I don't know, like, it's, it's hard to put it on them as well. I, I Granted, yeah, they're, they're captain of the team. Yeah. But what, what is that like in society itself? They have, okay, they have a lot of experience playing the game of hockey. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, what other experience do they have? Like, arguably, me and you might have more experience than them. Like, we we've have to struggle through other stuff, like day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, they have to struggle. They got to where they are. You know, ultimate goal, play in the NHL. You know, make a really good living mm-hmm. for them, at least. Um, and now they're they're just riding it out. It doesn't matter. They sign that contract, mm-hmm. make $10 million a year. Yeah. And... They can buy whatever the hell they want to buy. I mean, I see that. I really do see that. But at the bare minimum, if you're on a team with your friends and a bunch of guys that should be your friends, your teammates, you're going to war together, you know, 82 times a year plus playoffs. Shouldn't you be protecting that other person as well? Like, again, I think any of you guys, any of my friends, if I was on a team with you guys yeah. and something like this happened, at least we're saying, like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And we're going to help you. We're going to do something about this. Even if it goes nowhere, even if we get shut down, like, every, the guy tells us, shut your mouth. Like, don't talk about this. Yeah. Just play hockey or whatever. I think hindsight's like 2020, though. Yeah. At this point. Because we're talking, we're looking at it from, like, you know, 35 years old. Were you telling me that at 21 you wouldn't, you know, if you see me getting in trouble with one of the video coaches, the video coach is like, you know, really fucking me up or whatever. I don't want to put you on the spot with that question. It's a very loaded question, but I'm just yeah. trying to say, like, 
wouldn't you at least say what the fuck like let's get you some help let's try yeah i you know i don't see why that wasn't a bigger deal and they may have done that but they're certainly not saying it now well, right yeah cuz you're looking at it again i don't i don't know I want to say, yeah, like I, I would have done it, mm-hmm. but if I was in that position, like what, what kind of say, let's say like, okay, I heard if I, let's say if I'm the captain, I go up mm-hmm. and I tell the coach, I'm like, I, Hey, I heard this thing happen. And then let's say the coach. Yeah. Um, we took care of it. We mm-hmm. let that person go. Yeah. At that point it's like, okay, well, does that mean it's, it's good? Yeah. Cause it's like that person's no longer with the organization. Right. Yeah. Um, so are we good? <laughs> to, some, to some people, I mean, yeah, but we don't even know whether they did that, right? But he, he, he wasn't there anymore, right? Like the, uh, no, the, no, no, what the I mean coach. is that we don't know whether any of the leaders on the team, your Jonathan Taves, your Duncan Keiths, your, your Seabrooks and Canes, yeah. did something like that, went to the coach and asked, you know, hey, what's going on with this? We heard this. We're concerned. They're certainly not saying it now. I mean, hell, Duncan Keith refused to speak at all. He didn't speak to the lawyers. Yeah. Um. If they did something like that, they should be. That's the story that they should, they should be telling. It shouldn't be about how you know Joel Quenville, the disgraced Joel Quenville, who got fired this week, mm-hmm. who knew about everything, and talking about how Stan Bowman's a good guy. Yeah, like, Jonathan Taves. First of all, whoever his PR guy is needs to be fired. Oh yeah, Jonathan Taves should not speak. He should go through a vetting process before he speaks at this point because he's turning himself into a villain. Yeah. Um. They could have said whatever they tried to do, right? And acknowledge and apologize that maybe it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. We understand their age. Yeah. But they didn't do, to try to do anything. Now, should they be canceled for it? No, I don't think so. The players, yeah. right? The coaches, they were old enough. They they, they, they knew. Yeah. They could have done something. The players, I mean, they deserve to have some, you know, I don't want to say hate thrown their way, but a guy mm-hmm. like Duncan Keith, who was old enough, you know, I don't know who else is still left in the league. There's people hanging around the league still. Campbell's a coach. Yeah. Or some sort of scout. Um, John Madden's a coach. Yeah. You got Andrew Ladd. Andrew Ladd is still playing, apparently. He was a captain. <laughs> yeah. So, or he's a captain of, a, you know, other hockey teams later on. Yeah. It's complex, man. It's shit's, shit's complex. That's why you hear so many, so many of these cases, like accusations coming back, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years mm-hmm. later. How do how are you you know it's your word against my word? Um, it's it's kind I'm of... a little bit more sympathetic to to their stance. Like mm-hmm. I get it. Nowadays, you, if it happens, it doesn't matter who it is. Like if you know about it, mm-hmm. you know if you're 20 years old, you know 19 years old, you're gonna go and report it. You're gonna say something, put it on Twitter or something, mm-hmm. call it out. Right? That's kind of been more of the norm. Yeah, because that's pretty. That's what's being built built in right yeah and i think kind of the the funny thing is that this is still kind of ramping its way up um the funny thing is i think this week i noticed that in the 2010 like team handbook not the handbook but the like um the program or whatever it had kyle beach and akeem alu on the same page yeah of the chicago blackhawks um you know team program or whatever which is kind of you know funny considering what happened to those two guys' careers? Yeah, because of you know whatever either racist or sexual assault things that happened. Mm-hmm. Kyle Beach was like what six four. He was a big dude. Yeah, he 
would have had an NHL career, I think, right? Um, or he probably should have had an NHL career, uh, but they buried him. Yeah. Right. Or either that or mentally messed him up to the point where, you know, he probably wasn't effective anymore. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're talking about being the top, well, top players in your draft year Mm -hmm. in all of the world and you're drafted 11th and and you get kind of screwed up that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's why they're saying like a lot of places like this isn't even a scrub. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a scrub or not, right? But like, it's a big, bigger piece, yes, uh, uh, for your team or your organization, and you ne- let it happen over some dude. I don't even know what's going to happen to that guy. Yeah. Is he going to get charged? Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't read into the details. I know we're now we're talking about taking his name off the cup, yeah, right? Or they're going to put X, X X X X X over it. Yeah, it's not even that. Shouldn't even be a, be a discussion. It should just yeah. be been done. Yeah, like yeah. So like Blackhawks totally fucked it up. Mm-hmm. By even because you have to provide a list to to the NHL to you know who you want to engrave in there, yeah. And knowing what you knew, you engrave that shit in there. Um, yeah, man, uh, it's pretty it's pretty messed up. Granted, yeah, maybe you don't want to. If they came and said like, yeah, we don't want to bring it up during their cup run, fine. Mm-hmm. But you have plenty of opportunities to kind of bring it up afterwards, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm surprised no one's in like. Twitterverse then go and say, "Hey, not only this, why are they using an Indian, a na- like an indigenous yeah, person? This would have been the time, right? So the Blackhawks are a disgraced franchise in many ways right now. Yeah, yes, with the Indian head um, logo, there's increased pressure on them. There might be increased pressure right now. Now's the time. If those, you know, people who are against it, I'm not going to say it's all uh, indigenous people." I feel like the indigenous so, community might not have been pushing it. Some people might not care. And in fact, the majority of indigenous people might not even care. Like, we're living in subpar conditions. You know, we don't have X, Y, and Z. There's missing and murdered indigenous women right now. We yeah. don't really care about the logo. Like, guys, come on. Yeah. It's, it's like appeasing black people by taking Aunt Jemima off the pancake box. Like, listen, we got bigger problems than pancakes, all right? <laughs> um I don't know if people care about that, but now's the time to if they want if they want the attention, they're gonna go in right now. Go in right now. Yeah. Get that logo changed if you want to. Now's the time. They're weak. Yeah. I'm surprised that never happened. But I, I feel like it there's that discussion a couple of years ago. Dude, their team is 0 eight right now. Like it's ridiculous. They haven't won. And everyone's like karma's a bitch. <laughs> karma's a bitch, but they also got three cups though. But it's true. Yeah. So it's all coming back. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty messed up in that sense, and and, and it kind of ties all the way back to like, you know, the talk of like having my kid get into skating or and all that stuff. Yeah, it's like the trust of like putting some your kid into the hands of someone, and you 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 expect them to treat them right. Yeah, and I don't know, I can't. Before prior to having a kid, I would probably say yeah, you know, ninety nine percent of the chance. Now I'm kind of like iffy. You don't. You don't really know behind the scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've never experienced that on my end yeah. uh, in the entire time that I've been around. People used to leave. Sorry, no? People used to leave their kid in like the custody of a stranger, and not really even think twice about it, right? Um, even as you're like your kids' teachers, your kids' coaches. Hold, hold on. You're saying coaches. Yes. So you, we used to put 
or I guess parents used to put their kids in the trust of all these coaches and teachers and like scouts leaders. Just put your trust in them, just leave them and then go to work or do whatever. Yeah. Like everything's all fine, right? And part of it is also thinking that if the coach like yells at my kid, it's all part of like toughness, right? You're not going to go and like complain, right? Because that's just the way adults spoke to kids like back then, right? <laughs> yeah. Even a random adult will like tell you off. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that happening now? Like the parent will be all over them, right? Even yeah. teachers, like teachers probably can't treat us like, or treat kids like they used to treat us back back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Even even when we were in school, it was kind of mild, right? Yeah. It's such a fine line, right? Like in terms of like when you yell at a kid, well, yelling at a kid is wrong, but giving them tough love, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's such a fine line. Like personality differences like some some people might might respond better to it mm-hmm. you know some might not the coddling uh that's involved nowadays i, I probably lean towards like you really have to know the person mm-hmm. to know like if this is how it drives that um that individual to kind of attain greatness because right? yeah some people need that hate yeah i think you know it's not you can't necessarily know that right um until it happens right until an incident happens until something happens then you figure out how they respond to it yeah not all of these coaches and teachers and whatever know how to teach they don't know they don't necessarily know how to deal with kids or people at that young age either yeah they might be proficient at the sport they might be proficient at coaching maybe at an older age but at an impressionable age they just don't know how people's how kids minds work right and they say some or say and do some really dumb shit how how if you were a player or aspiring athlete at that you know say in your teenage years how would you think you respond not well not at all i don't think so um you know i played on sports teams not a ton not a ton when i was a kid i played a couple years of soccer um my dad was one of the coaches, and I hated that. Um, but the other coaches, like we weren't, a ta- we weren't ever really a talented team. We were always like a team that, you know, got by on defense, right? And I played defense, so it's not necessarily the glamorous part of the game, right? And I know I didn't have the interest, or the, I didn't have the interest or the talent really to play forward position, yeah, right. So I knew my role in the game was not to. I knew at a young age the importance of those type of players. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I don't know. There wasn't too too many circumstances where the coach is like balling you out, right? If anything, my dad would be like, "Yeah, you gotta do this better," right? And it's more personal when it's your own like family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're like, man, fuck this guy. <laughs> like for real. Like you know, my dad's on the team. I'm supposed to like yeah. get an advantage out of this. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I, even as I pay, started to pay to play my own sports you know joining the inline leagues or whatever like i hated mm-hmm. being told what to do yeah but some of the times you get rewarded when it work when it actually works i remember being on a team with mark moy yeah and him drawing up these plays <laughs> and right him like coaching these plays off the face off like one face off play you know scrum the draw i was exceptionally good at face offs um scrum the draw win the battle in the corner get it 
the, the objective of every play was to get the puck back to him. Because <laughs> he I'm drew the play. I'm not losing sight of the fact that every play revolved around him. Yeah. <laughs> so the objective of the play is to get the puck back to him. You know, ended up scoring on that play. The guy points at me. It's like, it's your work that did this. <laughs> like, and you, that helps you feel good, right? Yeah. So it had to come with some sort of reward yeah. or else I hated it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's a recognition, right? Yeah. I, I personally, I think I, I love the hate. I love the doubters. Uh, it's like well, whenever, you know, I get like the, the teams that I play in, in softball these days. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, you know, they just rag on me because mm-hmm. they know I, I can take it. Right. Like mm-hmm. I don't take it personal. Like I know like, yeah, it's a weakness that I have. I need to do it. Yeah. It's more confidence thing. It's just like I, I love proving them wrong. It's just like, you know, when when, when you need an out or whatever mm-hmm. or playoff time, it's like, it's like, yeah. You know I got you, man. Don't don't worry. That shit comes. I'm gonna grab it. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Uh, and and I just love it. The second I catch it, I just like point to him. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> as as a joke, like just giving it back to them, just letting them know, like, hey, now everyone can take your tough love. Mm-hmm. I can take it because I can always just tell you to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's good when you're a member of an established team and you build that kind of rapport and that ability to you know, play around or whatever. And there's no coach, right? But you have those older players, those more experienced players telling you what to do. Yeah. Right? But you got to be able to give people confidence as well at the same time. And that's the that's the, th- the the thin line, right? And one of my regrets from those, like, inline days is that I didn't push back a little bit more. Yeah. Right? And do more of what I wanted to do. Yeah. Right? Because oftentimes you just want to stay in the league, right? You don't want to run, ruffle the feathers of some of these guys. So fuck, gonna, look, look at... Be, you're going to be pushed out of the league, right? I know, but look at... Just look at right there. Yeah. It's essentially like the same shit that we were just talking about these players on that team, right? Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, I, we had to hit that pause because my kid was crying. Yeah. We had to find Sarah. Um, and I was just thinking, like, I don't want to come off and say, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to judge, like, you know, Jonathan Taves or whatever for mm-hmm. not doing the right things. But it's, like, a completely different environment Mm -hmm. it's a different setting versus Mm -hmm. like what we're used to right um again it it doesn't mean they they didn't have any fault in this but yeah like like you're just saying like Mm -hmm. you you just want to like make sure you can still get to play and all that stuff dude and we're in a position paying for to play i remember the first party that we had uh, as a member of that league i remember there's an individual you got sexually assaulted yeah i remember that (laughs) like the guy grabbed me in an area i'm like hey i'm not gonna say anything it was the exact same thing. And I, I shouldn't en- be laughing, but yeah. I yeah. ended up to play in that league for like, what, 10 years or whatever, right? Yeah. So it was just the way that things were done. Obviously, it was a different time. I didn't take it the way that this situation that happened to Kyle Beach is completely different than that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But, but it's still not consensual. No, definitely not. Um, you know, if it, if, it, if it happened this year, a different story, right? Yeah. But but obviously, if it happened after, you know, 10 years in the league, right? There'd be, there'd be a fight going down maybe at, the, <laughs> yeah, at that time. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I haven't watched that interview. I know mm. prior to us recording, we were, mm-hmm. I was just asking you if you watched it. Yeah. I've been meaning to watch it just cause like everyone in the media has just been saying it's, it's a very powerful 24 minutes. Yes. Uh, and TSN airing it and uncut and all that is something else. Uh, again, TSN does things for their own benefit. Yep. Um, but at the same time, they they were still running the story. So, yeah, kudos to where you know where it belongs. But um, yeah, like 
uh, even tonight watching like the intermission, just mm-hmm. all these uh, people talking about it mm-hmm. or talking about something else in a different team or different league, and they get they're all about to break down and cry. Yeah, are are we moving on beyond the talk though? I mean, all this talk is great. This talk should have happened years ago, right? If the right people stepped up and spoke up. But now, you know, where are we going to be able to go with this? The right? climate's still so totally different. Now, right, right now, the players are going to meet. The NHLPA is going to meet on Monday. I think Donald Fair is, is out. Yeah. I think he's done. It's crazy. Well, uh, the crazy thing is this guy got fucking letter of recommendation and all that stuff. From Quenville, right? Yeah. Quenville's out. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think he's going to be playing, uh, like, coach. He's done. He's in the uh, We're talking about Babcock. Yeah. Getting canceled, overcall, like. Yeah. Like Bullion, Mitch Marner. Franzen and Marner and yeah. Yeah. Um, He might be back. (laughs) He might even be the coach of like the Panthers. Yeah, it's possible. Like it's it's such a weird situation right now. I mean, good on the NHL. Heads are starting to roll. Sheveldayoff got off scot-free. Yeah. Bergevin was not involved. But you have other people on other teams, John Madden and, you know, Brian Campbell's around the league. I mentioned these guys already. We'll have to see where the fallout lies. But what are the substantive changes that are going to happen from this? We, we, we have yet to know. Like, we need more than a TV commercial, right? Yeah. Like, the whole uh, Akeem Alou situation. Well, what do we get this year? We got a commercial with Trevor Daly and P.K. Subban. Yeah. Um, talking about this is where we belong. Yeah. Right? We need more than a commercial. Yeah. We need some action. I don't know. Like, if that player... Well, yeah, then you have, like, other people that were leading that summit acting, you know, complete fool mm-hmm. out there, Evander Kane. Yeah. You know. It uh, was funny to see Matt Dumba. I think it was Matt Dumba. was Jordan Greenway. Um, um, Malcolm Subban. And whoever, like, Chicago and Minnesota, you know, with um, Matt Dumba or whatever. They were at center ice just, like, you know, in solidarity Watching Malcolm Subban wear that like Indian head like on his uh, his oh, jersey, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of funny, kind of weird to see that. But yeah, it's you can only hope it, it changes. Yeah, and I think again, it probably will because people speak up now. It's more turning into more individual. People always want to. They know they have the power to cancel people out now. Mm-hmm. Versus in the past, like you 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 can only go to a lawyer, and even at that point, it's taken like ten, eleven years to get to this yeah. point, right? Uh, now they got Twitter. They can call people out. Yes. And people jump to judgment. Again, double-edged sword, right? Like, it can swing both ways. Mm-hmm. This way is, like, people don't give a shit until, like, things actually turn really bad. Mm-hmm. Versus in the past, it's just like, or most recently, accusations are made and people jump on it. Yes. And again, no one ever reads the paper or the headlines afterwards with yep. the apology, like, sorry, we made a mistake. We jumped no. to conclusion. You never even, sometimes you don't even get that retraction yeah. at all. Exactly. So right. it's like, uh, it's both ways. Yeah. There's got to be like a happy medium. Hopefully they can use this one properly. And I, and I honestly yeah. do feel like now a lot more people are getting educated, like mental health yes. and such. Robin Leonard and um, uh, Jonathan Drouin, you know, Carey Price getting his help. So it's it, there's more awareness. We just need to see more action from the management as well. Yeah. Like you said, the old boys club, right? And Yeah. Uh, it's more interesting. I didn't realize. Like, yeah. We, we, between me and you, we can go on about this whole situation forever, yeah. and I don't want to bore anyone yeah. else on it. But it, it, it does yeah. suck. And 
when you look on the human side of things mm-hmm. as a parent, when you think about it, like we're just discussing leaving someone like that, it really fucks them up, man. How is this person supposed to live? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, now, now the truth came out, but he still has to fucking live with that, the fact that that shit happened to him. Yeah. I mean, there will be book deals and move potential like revenues and interviews like that will help him now. I mean, he can get some, get a story out. And if there's if it comes with some financial benefit, it's not going to fix the problems that he probably has in his life, mm-hmm. but it will certainly provide some vindication for him at this point. I mean, anything will help. Yeah. Um. I think before we wrap up, I wanted to play some word association with you. Yeah. You know, take a nod <laughs> from Thirty Two Thoughts. Giant. Elephant. Rich. Who's that? No, am I supposed giant elephant rich what Trump? Giant elephant rich Africa. Oh, gotcha. Masai Ujir. Yes. You guessed it correctly. Josh brought this up at the wedding somehow and I got more furious at the wedding than ever before. I remember I had this code names <laughs> clue, perfect clue to land like four or five. Yeah. And oh. yeah. <laughs> Who was on your team? I think Josh was definitely on the team. And like a bunch of people who didn't watch sports. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't get it. Oh, I was right, so yeah, frustrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He brought this up and I got even more angry at the wedding. Um, <laughs> but Masai Ujiri's in the news. Um, related to this whole t- um, Ed Rogers uh, str- power struggle. Yeah. That's happening between Rogers and the Rogers family and the board of directors. Yep. Uh, so the board of directors ousted Ed Rogers mm-hmm. on the board. Right. And he tried to fire the whole board after that. It didn't work. <laughs> But it came out that he was beefing with Masai. He wanted Masai out. From yeah, he didn't want to pay Masai. The article that I read, yeah, like yeah. they're like, you, Masai's not worth the money. This guy must be. This guy must not watch a single NBA <laughs> or haven't watched the NBA in the past ten years. I think NBA might be one of the hardest league in the world to win. Mm-hmm. Just because like an individual can change so much, mm-hmm. and a superstar can change because they can pretty much play the entire game. Yes. Hockey, you can't play the whole whole game. At max, you're playing like half a game. Yes, uh, even then, you're not scoring all the time. And all uh, the ability to change a game, you, you got like game breakers. That's what they yes. call it. like it's like the moment to to break a game open. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. But in in basketball, you need that game breaker to happen all the time. It's yes. like the entire game. Yeah, you can look past the last like ten years. Every single championship mm-hmm. has always had like one key player mm-hmm. that's unstoppable at that timeline. LeBron James, as much as I hate it, um, he's unstoppable. Yeah, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Kobe. You got Jordan. Uh, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah. For Toronto to even win it, you have to attract a a superstar. Yeah, not just like a star. We had stars. We yes. have stars. Demar. Demar, you got Kyle Lowry, but to pull off the move that he put, made and yes. get like the piece and actually get it at the t- perfect time because yeah. this guy's falling apart. He's a Band-Aid man. Yeah. Uh, and win it, it's actually yeah. one of the hardest things. And to face against Steph Curry yes. and the Golden State Warrior, like, yeah. again, there's a lot of luck that, that came along with yes. it. But ultimately, like he brought it. And this might be the only yeah. NBA championship we'll ever win. That was a godfather move when you think about it. Like, Masai Ujiri, the godfather, you know, took his favorite son. Yeah. 
right? Sold him off to get in this like star player to win a championship. Kind of betrayed, betrayed his star player. His yeah. betrayed his you know star player or whatever. Not his game breaker player. Not his elite player that he got in. Um to bring it together and, you know, brought him through this whole load management, mm-hmm. protected him in, in bubble wrap the whole yeah. season, right? Just to got have him, him to fresh buy in. for the playoffs. Got him to buy in. Yeah, exactly. Like, he executed it perfectly. And look at the net worth of the franchise since, like, Masai has come in. Yeah. It has increased quite a bit. I don't know the exact percentage, but the Raptors are a valuable franchise right now. Granted, like, they weren't owned by Rodgers. Yeah. At that time, right? Because they were owned by the teacher's pension plan. Yeah. So they didn't realize, I don't know, maybe Ed probably didn't realize because he had so much money. He mm-hmm. doesn't care. Again, another, like they own another franchise that's been freaking sucking dick for a long time until recent memory. Yeah. Uh, maybe they didn't realize because they bought MLSE mm-hmm. at probably one of its peak at that point. Yeah. You know, like the Phil Kessel, Dion Phaneuf era is over. <laughs> yes. Uh, TFC's gone to rise. Mm-hmm. Raptors were in the playoffs for like, you know, consecutive years, mm-hmm. you know, contending and such or competing. We just, again, walked right into LeBron James. Um, it's just, dude, it's impossible. Like, I never thought we, we would ever win one. I'd, I I'd, I feel like Ed Rogers is just, one of the, again, one of those good old boys very offended that you know this charismatic man i want to say i was going to say add a word before man yeah um but you might be thinking what i'm thinking this charismatic like black man comes in leads the franchise increases the value attains success and he comes with a bit of swagger he's the guy who said f brooklyn yeah right and he's asking for for the world and he deserves it and he and he deserves it and he brought value to your franchise he brought respectability to your franchise or to you, the the asset that you own i guess you could say that yeah right you were offended because he was arrogant maybe he was just confident would you say he was arrogant if he was a white man mm-hmm. maybe not yeah. right said he came in with bodyguards this is a videographer like what bodyguards carrying a camera right <laughs> yeah. he's a he came in with a driver and a videographer and he said he came in with bodyguards. He acted arrogant. So the driver is most likely probably black. Maybe. Videographer yeah. is probably colored. Yes. So we don't use that word around here. Well, colored. Anyways. I don't know. It could be because <laughs> true. You got a lot of more like creative, yeah. especially NBA. Yeah. But I don't, don't know. Don't get your yourself canceled. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was a, it's a weird situation. But I feel like Ed Rogers was just offended that you know this guy didn't listen to my authority. He was arrogant. There's a political aspect to this, too, that I didn't really notice or know about. Remember, Masai brought Barack Obama to the finals yeah. in Scotiabank Arena. Yeah. Or Air Canada Center, whatever it was called. Um, Ed Rogers is a Trump guy. He was at Mar-a-Lago. He was pictured there, right? Oh, yeah. On his Twitter feed, he had some Trump stuff on his Twitter feed before it was politically political cancer to have it there. Yeah. It's all gone now. Yeah. Is there a political element to this? Shit, I don't even know. Right? I didn't realize like he was a, a tr- I don't know if he's a Trump supporter in that yeah. sense, but definitely some sort of Republican. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Probably well, he, he rich, right? So yeah, I I just think it's he's coming off as a cartoon villain right now. It, there's probably more to the story than just this and how he's being ousted from the board and he tried to fire the board. Well, and he's <laughs> beefing with literally probably the most popular man the most popular executive kind of in Toronto, well, in Toronto sports at least. Yeah. Arguably even in, in all of NBA. Um, yeah. 
the guy's a wanted man, mm-hmm. like as in Masai Ujiri. Mm-hmm. There were like not by the <laughs> sheriff of Oakland County. <laughs> <laughs> there was even right. like English Premier League teams, yeah, that were like interested in, in recruiting him to run run their organization. That's a Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, uh, but we gotta understand, like even her, his family doesn't like him. Like we're talking about Rogers, like Ted Rogers, founder of like uh, Rogers yeah. Communications. The only person who has a statue outside Rogers Center. Yeah, and, and like also, no baseball players, but a statue of Ted Rogers. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, and like his mom is beefing with him. Yeah. His sister's beefing <laughs> with him. And he thinks he can pull that power play. Yeah. The dude, the dude's delusional. You know, sometimes when you make so much money that you think you can actually make that power move, it's like, dude, you, you realize he he might have never had to make a business decision ever. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, guess what? You're not a majority owner of MLSE. Yes. <laughs> You're split three ways. Yeah. And Bell and Tannenbaum made the decision for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. You have no rights to override it. Larry Tannenbaum went in. It's probably like, I'll buy your share. Like, I'll, I'll take whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Give me a number and he'll buy it. It's the only reason why MLSC is so, so expensive. He can't buy the whole thing or else he would have yeah. bought the whole thing himself anyways. It, it's crazy. And this is not the first time that uh, Ed Rogers has gotten involved in Toronto sports and failed miserably. In fact, he talked about firing some, like, CEO in Rogers, but he butt-dialed. Yeah, and he accidentally called the guy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yes, right. He was supposed to be talking to someone else, and he <laughs> mentioned firing the guy to the guy he was firing. Yeah, yeah, with a butt dial. He came in. Oh, is that what happened? Because like in yes. the past, when I used to work at Rogers, they were doing. They they got that English guy, the same the CEO guy. He mm-hmm. came over, right, mm-hmm. and he was trying to change it because I think he he ran one of the bigger. Um, was it T Mobile or something like that in Europe? Yeah, maybe three. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, no, I don't think three was around at that point. But oh, okay. yeah, he was one of the bigger ones. And he was just actually doing this whole transformation of the Rogers campus. And yeah. I was there. They're trying to make it like more modern and stuff. So, and then shortly after I left, that's when like he all of a sudden like got out, like mm-hmm. out of the blue. Like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? What happened? And then it's just like, apparently he came storming into into like uh, at Rogers thing and gave him his piece and just pieced the hell out. Yeah. So I didn't realize it was a butt dial. Was yeah, like, it was a, a butt dial, but he, he has a history of these just screw-ups. When um, Paul Beeston was with the Blue Jays, he wanted to get rid of Paul Beeston. Yeah. So he ended up calling Jerry Reinsdorf okay. in Chicago to try and hire one of Reinsdorf's guys to replace Paul Beeston. And get, guess what Reinsdorf did? He called Paul Beeston, one of his friends, and said, hey... Ed Rogers is trying to get rid of you. Yeah. Right? Like, he doesn't think. Like, he doesn't... He thinks he has all this influence and power. Yeah. But he doesn't play the game properly. He doesn't have the connections mm-hmm. to do these kind of things. The people that are actually involved in it have the connections. They have the personal connections. Yeah. This guy's just some aloof business guy who thinks he can control things. That's what I'm saying. Like, sports is now just... When you think about a league, a professional league, you know, Gary Bettman, Adam Silver... Um, but Selig, these guys are all lawyers. Yeah. Right. Cause they have to deal with all these freaking personalities. The, the owners, they are based, the commissioners of leagues are basically lawyers protecting the investments of all the team owners. That's yeah. it. That's their only job. Yeah. Right. And that's the job that they try to do well. Did you hear about like that? Um, the NFL commissioner pulling in $128 million in two years. <laughs> yeah. That's some fucking crazy, crazy shit. I don't know. The more I hear about these sports, the money 
like the commerce of it like mm-hmm. nhl gonna have like advertisements on their jersey and stuff yeah the more i kind of lose the interest in like watching sports yeah like the professional like i want to yeah. play it and stuff but we know, it's it's not the same anymore. We know too much, right? There's too much information out there, and there's too much information surfacing. Like, I think you mentioned before, and we should probably wrap up soon. I know we're going off wild tangent, but the salary cap, learning how, how much everyone's making, learning how much of a cap that they're involved with, and, and, and the average value and the term on the contract, it screws up fans' perceptions. Could you say, okay, well, Mitch Marner's making $10 million or $11 million. Why isn't he playing like an $11 million player? Like, relax, we're seven games into the season. If this happened in games, you know, 41 through 46, mm-hmm. right, you wouldn't pat bat an eye, right? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, you know, he's having a slump. Yeah. Now we're acting like these first six or seven games is how he's going to play all season. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I'm just more, yeah, like it's like the money aspect of it, mm-hmm. like the salary when you're thinking, dude, you have a talent like this. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not think he's worth that much, but guess what? Someone else out there yeah. in the league is more than happy to take it. Yeah. You want to make a trade right now? We're going to lose that trade no matter what because yeah. whatever's coming back is not going to be the same. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, sometimes it's random co- commenters like us commenting yeah. on it. You know, I like to say, I think, like, we're a little bit more educated and not yeah. educated and not, like, uh, academically, yeah. but in terms of like seeing the big picture, yeah, I give some of these players a rough ride, but kind of a joke too. I joked like Morgan Riley looks like he smacked an, smoked an entire pack of Marlboros before the game. Like sometimes he just <laughs> skates, and I'm like, he looks like he's huffing and puffing out there. But yeah, I think we're more objective, so we don't kind of fall into that trap. Some of us do at some times, and it's only natural, right? Yeah, there's a certain player that you kind of mislike, dislike, or a certain guy you like better. You're going to be on that guy's side and then kind of shit on the other guy. But it's, we don't take it to extremes, I think. Yeah. I I, I hate the salary cap. I yeah. think it's kind of bullshit. I think there should be a new – they need to adjust it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're drafting well, you know, just because you hit a stud, yeah. you know, it's not my fault. It's not our fault. Our team drafted someone. He's not even the first overall pick. Yeah. He turned out to be better than the second pick. Yeah. And, and, he, and the third pick. And he will be – and he will have a, a really great career. I and mean, we don't have to worry about it. Right. Yeah. We don't have to question the guy's commitment or passion. But oh, you just again, pray again, that it's gonna be here and, uh, and not somewhere else. Yeah, we we pray that he doesn't grow up hating this city and the fans and wants to leave, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's probably another discussion for another day. Um but yeah, it's good discussion. Yeah. We caught up on a lot of things. We were worried what we're we gonna talk about. Was <laughs> that we found some stuff to talk about. A little heavy on the sports side or the background. But it was sports. It's, it's all around sports. It's not like we were talking about play by play, right? So you yeah, know, yeah. Haters gonna hate, but you know what? You, hey, you, yo, I you feed you, off of hate. You made it to the end of the podcast, so congratulations to you. <laughs> Sarah's in the background, like shaking her head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the hair rate. No. All right. Jeez. All right. Bye.